Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. All right, we're working through a series uh, that we started three weeks ago titled, Can We Just Talk? And this is a series on relationships, which I believe is one of the most important resources in our life, are the relationships around us. It's not our money, although it doesn't hurt to have a little, you know, okay, I'm not saying that's a bad resource. It's not the most important resource. Or, or a career, all these other things are great, but the relationships is what really matter. How many of you know you can have the best job and the worst relationships and be miserable? But you can have the best relationships and the worst job, and people say, how you doing? I feel good. I got some good people around me. And so we want to lean into the most important resource and talk about, can we just talk? We've talked about communication and tensions, and tonight I want to talk about being fully known and deeply loved. I believe that these are two basic emotions. These are foundational emotions that we all have this huge craving for, this desire for. If we're being honest, we're desperate for it. We want to know people, and we want people to know us. We want to love people, and if we're being honest, we want people to love us. I think that's okay. We want to be fully known, and we want to be deeply loved. Uh, when my wife and I started dating early on, well, whenever we reconnected, let's say that. We knew each other in college, but we didn't date in college. But we reconnected a little while later, and she came to visit her hometown in Tennessee where I lived. She lived in North Carolina. And I saw that she was training for a marathon. And so I told her that I'm kind of an athlete, a little bit of a runner. You know, I'm exaggerating. I wanted to spend some time with her. And I said, let me go on a run with you, a training run with you, and, uh, and it'll be great. We'll reconnect. And I was thinking, you know, she's beautiful, you know. You never know what could happen on a run. <laughs> Shout out to all the runners in the room. Go on a run. Go on a run. You never know what could happen. So I put on my... Uh, my best, shortest shorts possible, trying to impress her. And, uh, and hey, it worked, you know. There was something, something that day. Sparks flew. She loved the, the stork legs, I guess. I don't know. It definitely wasn't that. But we went on this run, and shortly after this run, we started having these late-night phone conversations. And we would talk for hours. I mean, sometimes three to four hours. I mean, there were many nights where I would fall asleep on the phone, and it was special. We talked about everything. Nothing was trivial in those days. We'd talk about what we ate, and talk about how much we were eating together, and it was just like, we talked about our dreams, vision for a year, but what was foundational for us in those early conversations was our faith, and we would talk about, you know, what we believe, and where we see God calling us in our future, and, and it was really important for us in those early days to know and be known. And as we lean into knowing and being known, what began to happen was we began to cultivate this love for one another. And then we started to love and be loved. And that progressed rather quickly uh, shortly after we were engaged. This is what happens when you talk for long, extended periods on the phone. You get to know each other really quickly. You fall in love really quickly. We got engaged quickly. And I said, I want you to tell me straight up, how long do you need for uh, engagement? She said, three months. For the record, I proposed on June 25th. We were married November 27th. I gave her an extra two days. I was like, look, I just want to start off on the right foot. I give you three months plus two days. That should be plenty enough time to prepare a wedding, right? 
She crushed it. The wedding was amazing. On our wedding day, I remember um, it was just the perfect day. We had this beautiful look over this lake, Lake Junaluska in North Carolina. It was perfect. She was perfect. Uh, and she walked down and it was just this beautiful fall day. And we got down to the aisle and we were looking uh, across at each other. And I started busting out crying. I cry in most occasions in general. Uh, as, you, as you know, if you're here, I, I get teary-eyed. And if, if you don't see me crying on the inside, I'm just a, I'm a shambles. But I started bursting out crying. And not like that cute crying where people want to take your picture. It's like that crying where it's like they put the video camera away and they're like, I'm just going to let him heave this one for the next five minutes. And I couldn't get words out. I was trying to say my vows. And I couldn't. And there was this weight to standing across from somebody and committing the rest of your life to them to say, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna get to know you and I'm gonna learn how to love you. And you're gonna get to know me and learn how to love me. And this is till death do us part. And in that moment, if, you know, if I was writing a book, I would say it was all butterflies and it was all beautiful. But in that moment, if I'm being honest, it was scary. I was anxious, I was fearful, and I was like, oh, like this is really heavy. Then this means that no matter what, this is our forever future. And I feel like for many of us that have that desire to know and be known, love and be loved, yes, there are beautiful things to that. Yes, it, it, there are butterflies and there's that joy that you get. But in reality, for many of us, it can be intimidating. It can be scary for people to actually know us. Or there can be fear because the last time I let somebody know me, they stabbed me in the back. That's probably many of us. Or all of the people that I love have all left me. And so there are these emotions that we deal with. And I believe that the scripture speaks purely, uh, specifically to a process and an order at which we can know and be known, love and be loved. And so I just wanna help us today put some handles around how we can do that in our life. Does that sound good? Let's look at a few passages of scripture together. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, verse 12, we're going to be talking about a lot of different passages of Scripture tonight, so uh, you can, you're going to be flipping around if you want. We're going to have it on the screen behind me, and if you don't have a Bible here tonight, we want to get you a Bible. On that table in the back, in the middle, we have Bibles, and you can take one, you can take as many as you like, but we love God's Word. We believe that it is perfect and without error and gives us everything that we need to know about ourselves and about God and life. We love God's Word. 1 Corinthians 13 Verse 12, let's read this together. For now we see only a reflection as a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully. This is talking about after this life when we see Jesus. Nobody knows everything. We, it's a mystery. This scripture says right here, it's a reflection, reflection as in a mirror. But it says that we will know fully, but I love this last part of this text, and this is what I want us to lean into. As I am fully known. So I want to tell you tonight, if you're here and you think to yourself, nobody really knows me. I'm isolated, I'm alone. I want to tell you that's a lie that the enemy wants you to believe. You are fully known by God. Let's look at the next text. 1 John four nineteen. It's a really long one. We love because he first loved us. You right? You could memorize that one right now. We love because he first loved us. 
So you are fully known and you are deeply loved today. We know love because he is love. Title of the message is Fully Known and Deeply Loved. I wanna read you this quote by uh, Tim Keller, who's this amazing pastor out of New York City. He says this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. Isn't that true? Have you ever had anybody in your life that says, I love you, and you're like, bro, you don't even know me. It feels superficial, right? Don't tell me you love me. You don't even know me. I don't know why I got all gangster, but that's how I feel. Also, to be known and not loved is our greatest fear. Isn't that right? So this is why we have celebrities that have millions and millions of followers that feel isolated and alone and they feel miserable and they feel depressed. How, you're so known. Well, I may be known, but I don't feel loved. It's this idea of being in a room full of people that say they love you, but then nobody knows you. I feel like that's many of our greatest fears. It goes on to say, but to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. Let's pray and then I wanna dive into three things that I believe that'll help you tonight and how to be known and loved. God, we, uh, we thank you that you provide this space for us. We thank you for everybody that's here. We thank you for the weather. Thank you for Boulder. So many things to be grateful for. So Father, we enter your house tonight with grateful and humble hearts. Speak to us. God, I believe that uh, there's not a single person here that's here by accident. So Father, I pray that your word would go out and that it would meet every single person where they are and that we would leave encouraged, that we would leave challenged, and that we would leave wanting to be more like you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. So how to be fully known and deeply loved. Let's talk about the first thing. The first thing is you have to receive. Receive. I'm just gonna go ahead and give you all three right now. You have to receive, you have to respond, and you have to reflect. Receive, respond, reflect. Go ahead and write that down. So but first I wanna talk about what, what I mean by you have to receive. I believe that there's two things that you have to receive. There are two truths that you have to receive. That is that you are known by God and that you are loved by God. You are known by God and you are loved by God. Scripture says in Psalms 31 that Jesus, that he knew you in your mother's womb. He knit you together. And I love the text that goes on to say that and this is like if you, know, if you read this, you could easily become prideful about this, but try to stay humble. It says that you are wondrously made. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's like, oh, how majestic are your works. I think about that with my wife all the time. How majestic are your works, oh Lord. Woo! But, we are, but every single one of you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that, isn't that a good truth to let just kind of wash over your life tonight? That you're not an accident, that you're not a mistake, but that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God was involved in the process before you took your first breath. Isn't that beautiful? He created you. Who could possibly know you more than God? There's a statement that I, I wanna see if you agree with. It's the one that matters most knows most. The one that matters most knows most. Would you agree with that statement? Think about the people in your life, the people that are closest to you. Maybe it's your best friend or your spouse or I don't know who it could be for you, but think about the ones that 
that know you the best? Are they the ones in your life that matter most? Okay, so I would say that this is a true statement. And I would say that the person that knows you most, that knows you best, is God, number one. He knows your deepest, darkest secrets. The things that you think you're keeping hidden from God, you're not. He knows what's in your thoughts. He knows every action from the beginning till all eternity. Now, is that scary or what? You're like, well, I don't know that I like that. Well, I don't know that really we get to choose. He knows everything about you. And even though he knows everything about you, I think what's so beautiful is that even though he knows everything about you, he's not running away from you. He's not walking away from you. He's not stiff on you. But he's right there with you. The second person that I think knows you the best is yourself. After all, you've known yourself the longest, right? You don't tell everybody everything. Even if you say you do, I don't believe you. There's some things that you keep hitting that only you know. So the second person that matters most is you. You ever thought about that? God first, then you, and then others. And the reality is, is that to, like, to be known, there's almost a better way to say that as it refers to other people, which we're gonna talk in about in a second, but it really is the process of knowing, right? Because none of us are fully known outside of God, right? Because even us, for ourselves, we can only know up to this point. God can see far into the future. So he, we are fully known in God. We're partially known with ourselves. But to people, well, they're, just, they're still getting to know us. So yeah, it feels good to be known. But even then, compared to God, everybody around us is, getting to know us. Do you agree with that? You are fully known and you are not alone. Just kind of just write that on, the, on your head. Just memorize that. Say that to yourself over and over again when you feel isolated and alone. You are fully known and not alone. We all have those relationships in our life where we put ourselves out there. We were vulnerable for just a second and then people walked out on us. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have shared that with them. It, I got too real and they couldn't handle it and now I'm alone. Aren't you glad that God never does that for you? God's never like, oh, this just got real, I'm out. <laughs> He's not surprised oh, on anything to begin with. But you are fully known in God and you are never alone. Being known by God is grounded in truth. Feeling known by God is built on trust. I wanna help you understand the difference here. There's a difference in being known by God, which is truth. It doesn't matter how you feel. That really doesn't change the truth. But it does matter how you feel. Feeling known by God, I believe, is built on trust. Now, how can we experience trust so that we can feel known by God? I believe there are three, three ways to build trust. Not just to understand and build trust with God, but in any relationships. And that is time, spending time with somebody. Uh, the second is transparency. It's hard to build trust with somebody when you're pretending to be somebody else. 
but spending time with them, being transparent with them, and being truthful, being grounded in the truth. And I believe as it relates to our relationship with God, I know that even many times in my life, I've had to come back to this reality of like, God, like I just, I don't know that I feel you right now. I don't know that I feel like I'm known right now. I feel alone. But then I get alone with God and I spend time with him. I start confessing. I start telling him about my life. Like friends sitting down over coffee. Do you know you could talk to God like a friend sitting down over coffee? And then I start to recount the truth that no, I am known by you. There's a passage even uh, in Psalms as well that says to search me, O God, try me, test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. You wanna feel known by God? Just say, hey, search me and test me. Guess what he'll do? He'll search you and he'll test you. Then you'll know, but you're, you're like, okay, I'm known real quick because he knows everything about my life. Reveal, the scripture says to reveal the hidden secrets. He knows everything. And you're fully known and never alone. Next, loved by God. I love this passage in 1 John 4, 9 through, 11, 9 through 10. It says this. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Now that's a big statement. This is the Bible. And it says love consists in this. So I mean that should cause all of us to be like, oh, let's lean in a little bit. Let's, what does this love consist of? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He's the initiator here. And he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Everything changes in our life when we realize that God loves us. God loves you. You are fully known by God and you are deeply loved by God. Greater love has no one than this, than he who would lay down his life for his friend. Jesus laid down his life for you. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son into the world, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but he would have everlasting life. God sent his one and only son. I'm not sending my son to save you, okay? That's some serious love that God has for you. We didn't initiate that love with God. God initiated that love with us. And it's this love that will change everything about your life. This is known as the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus, fully God, came down to this earth, put flesh on, and he lived a perfect life. A life that neither you or I could live, because none of us are perfect, okay? I think we can admit that. And he took a cross, the cross that should have been ours, and he paid a penalty for our sins. Here's the thing about sin. I don't believe that sin is just that you're a bad person, or that you're just immoral, okay? I believe that sin is that you are dead. Scripture says that for the wages of sin is death. And that though you were dead in your trespasses and your sins in which you once walked, that we are dead in sin. But it says in Scripture that Jesus was our atoning sacrifice. You were standing before the judge, sin, dead in your sins. Jesus came to this earth, stood in the gap, perfect in every way, met the standard of holiness and perfection in every way. He took the cross on your behalf and he said, no, the penalty is death. I'm gonna stand in the gap. I'm gonna take the penalty on your behalf. I'm gonna go to the cross and I'm gonna die for you because that's how much I love you. And he went to the cross, he died and he was raised on the third day so that you can have life 
and so that his love can be revealed to you. It's not that I am so loving. No, it's that I have received his love over my life, and now that I have received his love, and now that I have life, I can give life and love towards others. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today, and maybe that's the first time you've heard that gospel, and maybe you've heard of Jesus before, but you've never put your, you know, your trust in him, like that's a great story, but what do I do with that story? Well, I'm gonna tell you, that that's not a story, that's history. Jesus really did come, and he really did die, and he really, really was raised from the, from the grave for you. And now he is with his Father in heaven. The scripture says, for by grace you are saved through faith. Grace is a church word that means God's unconditional love on your life. All of our love is conditional. You don't believe me? Just take a friend that you're close to, stab him in the back, lie to him over and over again, and you'll find out real quick that love was conditional because they gone. But God's love is unconditional. For by grace, grace, unconditional love, you have been saved through faith. Faith is putting your trust in Jesus, putting everything that you have into this story that yes, God, I believe that that's true. And it says it is a gift of God. It says not a result of work so that nobody can boast. I wanna tell you right now, you cannot work to earn God's love in your life. That's not how it works. You cannot earn his favor. You cannot achieve his love. His love is a gift over your life. So, so I wanna encourage somebody right now. Stop trying to earn God's love and receive God's word. God, receive God's love over your life tonight. Receive the truth that you're fully known tonight and that you are deeply loved by God. If you wanna put your faith and trust in Jesus, it's as simple as this. I'm not gonna make it difficult. Scripture says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, guess what? You will be saved. So it's not that difficult. You confess with your mouth. God, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave. God, come into my life, say my sins. Dope. I mean, I don't care what you say. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be poetic. It just has to be from the heart. It has to be authentic. It has to be real for you. God doesn't want you to change your behavior to come to him. He doesn't want you to clean up. He wants you to come to him just the way that you are. And guess what he does? You come to him just the way that you are. Doubts and fears and anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and heartache. And you come to him this just broken train wreck of a person. And God is just like, oh, that's exactly how I want to take you in right now. This is perfect. Now I can wash my grace over you. Now I can forgive all your sins. If anyone's in, in Christ, they are a new creation. It says the old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. When you come to Christ, guess what happens? It gives you a new spirit, a new heart, a new mind. The old is gone. All things are become new. Are you excited for tonight, tonight for the grace of God on your life? Come on, somebody. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Come on, God's grace over our life. Somebody give God a shout of praise for the gospel of Jesus Christ in the house tonight. It's good news. It's called the good news of the gospel. All right, let's move forward. Let's move on. What do we do in response to receiving this good news of being fully known and deeply loved by God? What is our response? I believe there's a three responses. It's to know and love God, know and love self, and to know and love others. That's our response 
to God's known and loving of us. All right, let's look at Matthew 22, 38. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Do you see an order to this? Love God. Love. It's tricky. Yourself. Love others. We like to skip the second one, right? There's so many slogans. Love God, love others. But what about the middle? How can we give that which we don't have? How can we pour out that which we haven't taken in on our own life? How can we love others if we hate ourselves? There's an order to this thing. I want to look at five things, and then I want to unpack it for you. Known and loved by God, known and love, know and love God starts with the foundation of being known and loved by God. Then it moves on to know and love God, which gives us that security. Then know and love yourself. That gives us confidence in our identity. Then know and love others. It gives us a purpose and a mission to live for. And then know and love, known and loved by others. And that gives us a sense of community. So I wanna unpack this for you for just a second. In many of our lives, Think about your own situation right now. I think this is the formula. I think this is the process at which God's word says that we are to be known, loved, and know and love, right? I think this is the process. I think so often we do the exact opposite. Think about it. Known and loved by others. We have a feeling. This is a basic fundamental emotion that we have. We wanna be known and loved. So what do we do? We're gonna show up where there are people. And if you're an introvert, I know, like a 100% introvert, I know that's like, it's a big thing for you. I'm gonna be surrounded by a lot of people. This is big. So I'm gonna come and I wanna be known. So I gotta put myself out there. So I'm gonna show up to something, to your gym. Many people join gyms, not so they can get fit, just because there's people there. Go to your work. Or, or maybe even that's why you're here tonight. There was that desire. Maybe you don't even care about God, but you're like, man, I need some good people in my life. I wanna be known and loved. Well, great, I'm really glad that you're here. That's the first thing that we do. The next thing is we wanna know and love others because what happens is we get around all these people and it's like, well, I guess I gotta put myself out there if I'm gonna expect them to wanna know me. So you walk over and you start meeting people and you try to put yourself out there to know them and then you try to do something that shows that you love them. Then as you're doing that, what, ha what begins to happen is you, get, you get, start getting some people around your life. But then what happens is you get a little introspective. And I like to call this an identity crisis because now you, you feel like you're known and loved and you feel like you're knowing and loving. But then you start to wonder like, is this really who I wanna be known for? Is this really the people in my life that, that I wanna have around me? And you have a little bit of identity crisis and you're like, I really need to know who I am. What do I like? Do I wanna do what they're doing? Which leads us towards wanting to think of, what's my purpose? What am I here for? What's my identity? So we start to look outside of ourselves, many of us to a higher power. So you say, I'm gonna go to church or I'm gonna look to God. Then you start to discover who God is. And as you discover who God is, you find out, oh my gosh. Or, oh God, literally, I'm known and I'm loved. This is huge. I wanna encourage you here tonight, if you're here, 
I wanna encourage you, instead of doing that process, which many of you may have already done, I wanna reverse the order and I wanna start with being known and loved by God as a foundation in all the relationships in our life. Because when you're known and you're loved by God, it gives you that foundation that you can build every other relationship on. I think it's impossible for relationships to be all that they can be without a firm foundation of being known and loved by God. So, if that's our firm foundation, then let's just draw a firm foundation here. It's our firm foundation. And this is known and loved by God. But then let's do a top axis here. This is growing in your knowledge and love for God. This is growing in your knowledge and love for self. I wanna tell you right now, there's a difference in loving yourself, being confident in the unique, marvelous creation that God has created, and staring at yourself in the mirror for 30 minutes. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? I love you. Do not look in the mirror and tell yourself you love you, okay? I love you, okay? Just, just love yourself, know yourself. Okay, side note, here we go. We're all trying to climb the ladder here in knowing and loving God and knowing and loving self. And, and so what we do is we try to climb the ladder by, by being known and loved by God. Then we try to know and love God, make this practical. We try to know and God love. We get in his word together. We pray, we spend time with him. Time, transparency, truth. We, we get alone with God. We try to know and love God, which leads us to this understanding of who we are. We are sons and daughters, heirs to the throne. I mean, we have a high place with the Father. I mean, sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, this is a big deal. I get to know myself better the more that I have God search my heart and then, and then I get to know and love others and this is, what, this is what starts to happen. Then I'm known and loved by others. And when we get up here at the top, oh man, that is the pinnacle. We are known and loved by others. We got a firm foundation. Life is good. I think it gets even better. Check this out. I don't wanna talk to the married people in the room for just a second. But this applies in all relationships, but married people specifically to you. I believe that healthy relationships are built on healthy individuals. Meaning, if we're pursuing the right things individually, then we should be drawing closer together. Let me show you what I mean. If the firm foundation is what we talked about, known and loved by God, and the same, and your spouse is also pursuing this trajectory of knowing and loving God more, knowing and loving self more, knowing and loving others more, and the process goes on and on, all the way to where they are fully known and deeply loved by God and others. You see what happens here as we begin to lean into the right things individually and in our own personal lives? You see what happens to the equation? What happens? When we pursue it individually, we draw closer together. And I feel so distant from my spouse or from my friends. Well, what if, what if you got into an accountability group with a group of men or a group of women and you started to study scripture together? You started to dive deep in knowing and loving God together. And then you started to speak truth and honor over each other to say, this is who you are. This is who God says that you are. Man, I'm starting to love myself. Then you start to show up and you start to serve. Shout out, love Boulder. You start to serve the people in our community. You start to love others around you well. Well, guess what? The people that are around you, you're gonna little by little, 
You're gonna be drawn closer and closer and closer together to where you're fully known and deeply loved. It's not surface level, but it's genuine. It's real. This is called family up here. Along the way in the process, many of you, well, I just wanna say this to the people in the room. Many of you are probably saying, well, some of you may be saying, well, this is me, I'm doing this, but my significant other, they don't have this foundation, so now what? I wanna encourage you right now to pray. There's so many, there's, we, we, we wanna think that we can change people well, I'm right here and I, I wanna come over here and I wanna change this person to be here. I wanna, I wanna let you know, God changes people. God changes people. And God can change anybody in your life. Put that person on prayer. I wanna, I wanna let you know that we're praying for you. And the many people in our church, we've been praying for a long time and we're not gonna stop praying. But keep praying. God, God I want them to know that they're deeply known and loved by you. Come on, God, I, lean, God save them, God. Lean in, and I promise you, I'll probably just keep leaning in, and I believe, I have all the faith in the world that God's gonna answer your prayer. We're believing it for you. We're, we're coming along that journey with you. I wanna uh, let you know, wherever you feel stuck, I want you to think for now, but just a second, where do I feel stuck on this process, in this order? Where do I feel stuck? Okay, I, I am known and loved by God. Yeah, I would say I got a firm foundation. But if I'm being honest, I have a lot of insecurity in my life. That maybe if, you know, I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, God's not gonna love me anymore. My friends aren't gonna love me anymore. That's where I'm stuck. I wanna encourage you right now, dig deep where you are and trust that God's gonna continue you on the journey to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. But don't stay where you are. You know, we're grateful that you are where you are, but you're not where you have to be. We believe that God has a better plan for your life and a bigger picture for your life. Dig your heels in where you are to know God and to love God more. And I promise you, if you commit to that process with some people around you, he'll take you to the next level of knowing and loving yourself and so on and so forth. The last thing that I wanna talk is, is reflect, reflect, reflect. And that's this last part of the equation is known and loved by others. Known and loved by God and then no love God, no love yourself, no love others. But then the last thing is known and loved by others. Isn't that a good feeling? And I, I, the thing there is I believe that gives us a lot of joy in our life when we are known and loved by others. The question is, what are you going to be known and loved for? I believe that if you build your legacy on being known and loved for something temporary, then at the end of your life, it's empty. Everything is gone. What legacy will you leave? I also believe, regardless, that even if you do build your life now, in the present, on something that is temporary, I believe it's still unsatisfying. But if you build your life and your legacy on what's eternal, then I believe that it can last forever, Scripture says. It does not wither, it does not fade, it does not rest away. So when I, this word reflect is when I'm fully known and when I'm fully loved by others, I don't want them to see Parker Manuel. I want them to see God. 
If somebody comes to me and they say, oh man, I love, I love that you're this, or thank you for doing this, or it meant to me you did that, I say, hey, that's not me, because anything good in me is God. My mission in life is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus, not to Parker Manuel. I don't want to be known for having a lot of followers. I want to be known for being a faithful man of God. Not followers, faithful. Therefore, as I live my life with this order and in this process, I want to reflect that which I received. Not what I've done. I want to reflect that which I've received, that God knows you, that God loves you, and that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. That is the type of legacy that I want to make. I'm going to um, pray, and then I'm going to play a song on a guitar. I'm going to try anyways, okay? It's best when I got a lot of singers and encouragers out there, so y'all go ahead, shout I'm going to pray, and during this song, I just want you to take in the song and reflect on the lyrics and just let it wash over your life, and then we'll stand and we'll have uh, close with uh, a couple songs. God, I thank you that we're fully known. I thank you that we're fully loved. God, I just pray that if there's anybody here that feels, feels the opposite, feels like they're not seen, they feel isolated and alone, Father, I pray right now that even while we just sing this last song, they have time to reflect on the message and your word, Father, I just pray that they would feel your presence over their life. May your love wash over everybody in this room, Father. Father, we are grateful for your love, grateful for the sacrifice that you made, grateful that you sent your son. We are humbled in your presence. We pray all this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Thank you, brother, man. If you're a guest with us today, I, I normally don't end with a guitar, okay? But I hope this song is a blessing to you. It's called Known. Tell my heart, pull 
bulletproof. I surrender to your kindness, fully love, and I, you won't let go. It's not one or the other Hard truth Ridiculous grace to be known Fully known And loved by you Fully known And loved by How real, how wide, how rich, how high Is your love I cannot find the reasons Why you love me so much how real, how high, how rich, how wide is your love? I cannot find the reasons why you give me so much. I'm fully known and loved by you. You won't let go. No matter what I do, come on. It's not one or the other. Hard truth. Kill his grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you. So unusual is Friday, I'm fully known, and loved by you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back. <laughs>